Hey there, movie fans. Welcome to another episode of Tammy the Movie Nerd. Uh, this is Tammy the Movie Nerd is your host. And this is a podcast where we basically talk all about movies. We analyze movies. We uh, review movies. We talk about, you know, this is just uh, basically a podcast all about movies. So do you have a movie that you want me to view or review? There's a couple ways you can reach me. Is one One way would be to email me at movienerdtse at gmail.com. Once again, that's movienerdtse at gmail.com. Or you can just uh, click on the comment button below and leave your uh, comment that way. And uh, let me know what you would like to review or you would like to see me review. Uh, so this is Film Topic Tuesday. I was thinking about some various topics. And one of the things that I want to talk about uh, especially for all the other movie nerds out there, is I want to touch base on director's cuts. And something that has really become a big deal uh, over, I would say, since about the late 80s and the 90s when the video market really became a big, a big thing, uh, is... There's a lot of these anniversary editions, collector's editions, this edition, that edition, everywhere in edition. And uh, there are a number of ways that marketing has really gotten clever. And uh, they talk about uh, very, you know, they, they market these movies and they have these things that have, that are, like director's cuts and things like that. So why do we have these? Let's talk about that first. So the reason why that we have things like director's cuts is that uh, anybody that knows anything about filmmaking, it's not all scripts are filmed the way that the director intended. Uh, there was one direction that the director wanted to go, but then the producer or somebody else uh, is saying, well, yeah, that's a great, you know, yeah, I get your vision, but in order to market it better, we have to do something this way, or we have to shorten the film because of time. If you're making the movie that you want to make, it's going to take, it's going to be over budget, you know, so there's so many decisions that go into making a film that when it comes to uh, a way a director envisions the movie or envisions a story that they want to tell, it may not be very easy to do that type of a film. And uh, so uh, like, the best example I could think of, and here's a, a perfect example of where you have a movie that has three different versions of it, and that's Apocalypse Now. Uh, anybody who has ever done any film history or done any any research on, on uh, Apocalypse Now, they know that uh, Francis Ford Coppola at first wanted to do a movie set in Vietnam uh, based on uh, the novel, the short, the short novel, uh, Heart of Darkness. And uh, in fact, one of the documentaries that has been made on Apocalypse Now was called Heart of Darkness. So uh, this was, and uh, 
the the novel does fit the short novel does fit the story of a Vietnam. It could easily be done. The main thing is is that because of the complexity of that novella, uh, it's not as easy to, uh, you know, if you if you just uh, you know you've you've got a lot of artistic licensure and artistic uh, things that you could do with this because, you know, first of all, uh, Heart of Darkness is actually set far earlier than Vietnam. And it's uh, based on, you know, this guy going up the Congo, who is looking for uh, Kurt, who is crazy. And, you know, the characters are the same. Uh, but the setting is, is a lot different. And, of course, setting a film in the Vietnam era, uh, you can uh, do a lot more things with the storyline uh, because there's so many things that happened in Vietnam that uh, it does work. And I could see where uh, Francis Ford Coppola uh, wanting to make Heart of Darkness into this movie or, or doing Apocalypse Now based on Heart of Darkness. Easy to do. Uh, but here's the problem. Uh, it's a novelette. It's very short. So, uh, and because if you've ever watched uh, one of the things that I admire so much about Francis Ford Coppola is he uses environment, excuse me, he uses environment to his advantage. The environment that you're setting this in is also part of the story. So how do you do Heart of Darkness uh, use the environment to tell the story. And of course, you know, you have a lot of things that was added, especially the helicopter thing with the Bride of the Valkyries and, you know, all the other stuff that's in Apocalypse now that, you know, of course we all know some of these iconic scenes. So there's a lot of, you know, there's so many directions that you can go with this type of a film. And so then length becomes an issue. And so when Francis Ford Coppola first wrote Apocalypse Now, uh, the, he had an idea of a script in mind. But then for the theatrical release and because of the marketing that's involved, he really had to cut down what he wanted to do with the film. Uh, because if you look at Redo, which is probably the closest uh, version of Apocalypse Now, that Francis Ford Coppola had in mind when he was doing Heart of Dark, or when he was uh, doing uh, the story of Heart of Darkness, it's about four. It's almost four to five hours long. It's it's very long. So for people that um, like Apocalypse Now, you have these three different versions because when they did the theatrical release. Uh, there were some things they just focused on the Vietnam conflict. Mm -hmm. And so then Francis Ford Coppola said, yeah, but I want this closer to Heart of Darkness. So he has the director's cut of Apocalypse Now. And then you have Redo. So you have three different versions of the same movie. And all three of them are different. 
The theatrical release of Apocalypse Now, I did find very enjoyable. I do like watching this movie. Then you have the, the director's cut, which does add a little bit more backstory uh, to the, you know, to the whole deal. And it also adds more of the character development of Martin Sheen's character um, because in uh, one of the things that is uh, interesting about Heart of Darkness, if you ever read it, is that the, uh, the, the, guy, the guy that's going up the Congo to go kill Kurt uh, really doesn't have all that much to do. And so when you add more things for this character, then, um, and then of course you have the confrontation with, uh, with Kurtz and, uh, the whole, the whole thing about the horrors of war. So, uh, when it, when you have all of this going on, so you have more character development in the, in the director's cut. And then of course you have redo, which is probably the closest idea to what Francis Ford Coppola wanted for Apocalypse Now being about Heart of Darkness. So there's all this all wrapped up into three different packages. Another film, uh, when it comes to director's cuts and, you know, why do we need director's cuts? Uh, sometimes, just, sometimes it's for the directors and those of us that are movie nerds and we love these and we love some of these movies, of course we want to collect them. And uh, I have every single cut of Blade Runner. I uh, love that movie. That is a masterpiece. And the thing is, I don't care which version of Blade Runner you watch. There's still really good stuff in each one of them. And love the original release. The original release did very well. And I do think it told the story very well. Then you get the director's cut where the, uh, the narrative is added, uh, which is something a little bit more. So it does talk a little bit about Harrison Ford's role in this whole thing with the replicants and all this other kind of stuff. Then you get... The final cut, you know, so the director's cut adds a few more scenes and adds the narrative. And then you get the director's cut. Then you get the final cut, which is as close to Ridley Scott's vision as he wanted to get. And actually, there's even more to the story. And the fact that it ends on that cliffhanger, I do like that ending a lot better than I like in the original release. Um, and of course, Blade Runner, unfortunately, is one of those movies that uh, you do have to see on the big screen in order to appreciate it because the scenery is just so incredible. And, uh, you know, that's more of a big screen uh, movie to go see. So when you go from big screen to little screen, and even if you have a 75 inch TV, I don't care how big of a TV you have, this movie has to be seen on the big screen. It's just, it's different when you're sitting there feeling in this small little chair and you see these buildings just towering over you. It's just, wow, that's a heck of a feeling. Um, but then there are director's cuts that don't work very well. 
Um, one of the things about director's cuts and some and collector's editions, actually, I may do a separate episode on collector's editions. Uh, because one of the things, of course, that you get a lot with DVDs, and I and I do actually watch the movies a lot of times with a director's commentary, because as a movie nerd, I do like to get the director's perspective on these films. Uh, let's take a cult classic uh, that also works, and then I'll talk about some of the bad director's versions that we have. Uh, let's talk about, uh, a really good one, uh, that I have in my collection and I do enjoy this movie a lot and that's the Warriors. Uh, let's talk about that cult classic for a second. Um, the original release of the movie, I really do enjoy. It's, uh, it is a great movie. It's just a fun movie. You know, yeah, the plot's kind of lame and the acting is really kind of lame and, Hearing uh, the actor that plays uh, Dexter's father calling everybody a bunch of wimps. I mean, you know, you, you got to admit, the Warriors has a charm. But the director's cut did something a little bit different that I did like. And uh, even and it didn't really change the aspect of the film. And in the director's cut of the Warriors, he told the story. It, they have this beginning part about um, the Greeks, about this historical battle where the Greeks were, were backed up and they were, try, and they were trying to fight their way to get home and they knew that when they hit the sea that they were home. So anybody, and he had this mind, he had this whole story in mind when he uh, read the book and then uh, in the uh, and I know that because it's on the uh, interview with the director at the beginning of the movie. And the funny thing that I, I think about the Warriors is if you watch the director's cut of the Warriors, the director comes on and says, I do not like doing director's cuts. <laughs> and it's it's uh, actually kind of a kind of ironic uh, that he would say that on on the uh, on the DVD. but. Um, he told the story of these Greeks and then it turned into this like comic book. And so really the only difference between the warriors in the original theatrical release compared to the director's cut is he has that the, the beginning about the story about the Greeks. And then you have these segues, the segues were done, I think better. Um, because it, it had the frame of a comic book and then it may have something like Meanwhile or something like that, especially when the when the warriors split up and they went in and they and they uh went in separate directions and all this other kind of stuff until they got back to Coney Island. But you know, it's they they had this this comic book segue which works really well for this movie. And I actually like the director's cut as much as I like the theatrical release. And I'll watch the director's cut all the time because, you know, I do like what they did. The comic book segue really worked for that type of a movie. And so kudos to that one. Love that one. 
then you look at a movie like Das Boot. Uh, the copy that I have is I have the director's cut of Das Boot. I love it, but the one thing that I also have too that they did on my uh, on my version is you have the original theatrical release. You can watch the theatrical release. You can watch the director's cut. You can watch it with the English subtitles, or you can watch the English dubbed version. So you got all of this lovely little thing in one package. And, of course, uh, I did an episode on Das Boot, so you can uh, look that up later uh, if you uh, are interested in seeing what I have to say about Das Boot. It is one of my favorites uh, as far as foreign films. But um, this direct, but the director's cut really added more to the war story, the part of the war story uh, that really worked very well. And um, I don't mind the fact that the movie's four hours long. And that's one of the challenges, of course, that you have when you're looking at director's cuts is our am I going to be able to sit through this movie? <laughs> and um, you are. With Das Boot, you are. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's four hours. It, it just keeps moving along. And they're really, and, and there's a lot of segueing in this, in the director's cut that was done so seamlessly that even if you watch the theatrical release, it's like, wow, um, okay. Uh, you know, it's like, you, you know, you don't even know a lot of the, sometimes you, you, well, of course you're going to know the extra footage is there, but it's seamless. They, they made it so seamless that you don't care. It's four hours long. And so that's another, you know, those are some of the uh, ones that I have in my collection that do a very good job with the director's cuts. And, uh, of course, the director's commentary, you have that available and all this other kind of stuff. Um, but when it comes to director's cuts, then there are some that are not done well. Now, those of you that are, that remember back in the 90s, when Star Wars put out, uh, they had this series of VHS tapes that are the original theatrical releases of all three movies because they were going to start adding, uh, they were going to do a, a, like a director's feature, things like that. Now, Star Wars A New Hope. Some people don't know this too, but a lot of times uh, movies that are made, they may have to cut certain scenes for time. They may have to cut certain scenes for context. They may have to do uh, some different things with some of these scenes. And so, hence, we have this uh, theatrical release that even though it's a good movie, there there's some additional things that could have been added to the film that were just as good scenes and the new and a new hope uh episode 4 had that um because the scene with job of the hut was added and it was okay you know yeah 
uh, the whole thing with Luke and Biggs and, and, um, uh, when the, when the end tie fighting scene is about to happen, that actually does work very well. And yes, the, when it came to a new hope, great. They did, you know, yeah, the extra footage that was put into a new hope, uh, so one of the, so, uh, I think an astrophysicist or something was talking to George Lucas and he talked about the Death Star and the way it exploded and it would have had this aura ring that would have that would have exploded. And so that was added into the film. You know, so so there were a lot of uh, things. I, I think that's how the story goes. I, I don't remember right offhand, but um, but they did the extra footage on Star Wars New Hope and it actually that it was still a really good movie. Now, then you get to Empire. Okay, big whoop-de-doo. The, the additional footage that was put in An Empire Strikes Back was one scene, at least that I could notice, one scene with the snow monster that captured Luke uh, eating... Uh, a bone eating eating something off of a bone big deal you know i i could live without that scene um of course i still watch empire love empire i don't care if it's in there or not but you know that to me was a way where marketing did not work very well for that film now unfortunately i missed the screening of uh, Return of the Jedi when they did release them back into the into the theaters uh, because I had to actually watch another movie so um, I missed Return of the Jedi I uh, I'll have to watch that later just to find out what was added but and then I'll make a comment on that in another episode but uh, as far as if it's just one little scene that's only like about 30 seconds long, or another minute or two minutes long, who cares? That's that's where my stance is, is that, you know, who cares? Now, Pretty Woman. Boy, what a disaster. Um, I love to death the original release of Pretty Woman. I really, really did like that. I love the way they did that movie. Um, it was, it's really, you know, it's a really good, it's a really good movie. And I do like a lot of the, uh, you know, of course, love the plot, love Julia Roberts, love Richard Gere's roles. I, I just love the movie. Then, the 10-year anniversary release with all the extra footage in it. And then, for me... This is my personal opinion. It was major snooze fest. I did not like it at all. Uh, it could have done without the extra footage. Uh, the only thing that's added to the uh, the movie is there's a dialogue between Julia Roberts and Richard Gere when she's driving the Lotus, where she talks about you know that she's clean, she goes to the free clinic, she talks about basically her life as a prostitute, 
But the thing is, is because she goes through that dialogue at the beginning of the movie, when she talks about the bum magnet part where she's a bum magnet and she keeps following all these bums, and then um, she ended up, you know, uh, where she was. She ran into Kit, and Kit talked to her about prostitution, and she was, you know, uh, talked about being a hooker, and she, uh, and she liked that part. I like that story a lot better than I like that dialogue at the beginning of the movie. So, I think that scene cheapened the story. Now, with all due respect to Gary Marshall, you do fantastic films. May he rest in peace. But that was a big miss. The other thing is, is uh, the other extra footage that was in the uh, version of Pretty Woman is that um, in the scene where uh, she tells him to, uh, quote-unquote, take the day off, and they just show some extra scenes of all the other activities that they did that day, I could care less, you know? Uh, move on with the story and go to the scenes that we love, that we love about this movie. And, I mean, it made Pretty Woman, in my opinion, an absolute snooze fest. I was not happy with the extra with the extra uh, scenes in the film. They didn't need to be there. And that's all I have to say about that. Titanic. Enough already. <laughs> okay. The movie was fine as it was. You don't need to add anything more to Titanic. The movie's long enough. I don't, you know, uh, the and the thing about uh, Titanic and, and in the director's cut, um, you know, the uh, edition of, of Titanic that I have, enough already. <laughs> it's basically my, that's basically my whole deal right there enough already we don't need i don't need extra commentary i don't need extra i don't need more history of what happened with the titanic we all can read it later move on with the story and go on um that was another one that was a big miss uh, as far as um i think those are probably the two examples that i have but uh, but there's, uh, there's probably a few more, uh, cause this could be another one I could do a two-parter on and talk about more about director's cuts. And, uh, sometimes I was even thinking of doing episodes about, uh, looking at the theatrical release and the director's cut side by side and compare that. Uh, if you'd like me to do that, that would be, uh, that'd be fun. Uh, so, um, is there a director's cut that you think worked? Is there a director's cut that you think didn't work? Uh, best way to reach me is leave a comment below or email me at movienerdtsc at gmail.com. Once again, that's movienerdtsc at gmail.com. Thank you so much for this uh, rant, if you will, about uh, director's cuts. And if you do have a favorite or if there's a director's cut that you think worked really well that you want me to see, let me know. I'd be happy to look at them and compare them side by side because I do that all the time. 
that's, you know, and so that's one of the jobs that, that uh, I've had as an analyst. So um, hopefully, you know, have a, have a great day. Uh, coming up on the channel, uh, we got uh, What's in My Collection Wednesday. I'm going to be reviewing The Sting. Uh, that is uh, one movie that I have in my collection that's just an absolute delight. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we'll talk about that more on the uh, tomorrow's episode. Uh, Foreign Film Friday. I think I know which movie I want to do. And the, what makes the Foreign Film Friday a little bit hard is that I usually have a choice of about three or four movies that I want to view. And it just depends on which one I have the time to view and which ones uh, do I want to view that may take a little bit more discussion. And um, so I have a choice of three. Uh, we'll see which one I pick on that one. So we'll go from there. So thank you for joining me for Tammy the Movie Nerd. I hope you guys have a great day. Stay safe out there and keep cool because uh, we're in uh, near triple digits where I'm at. So have a great day and let's go to the movies. <laughs>